0: You are listening to First Team Podcast Extra Time with former professional soccer player Kiesel Broom and host John Frashante. Check out our website for all the latest news on lower division soccer. Our website is firstteampod.com.
1: be danger again the shot parried away by Kiesel Broom the shot and Broom with the excellent save another save that's three in a row from Broom unbelievable from Kiesel Broom
0: Orlando City Soccer Club they have turned down an offer from an unnamed English team to acquire MLS forward Adaro Dyke and that is according to ESPN, the BBC. They have reported that one team from the Premier League's Big Six, uh, which consists of Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Manchester City, uh, Manchester United, and Tottenham Hotspur, one of those clubs, they have made an official bid uh, of $10 million uh, for Daike, who was currently on loan at English Championship side Barnsley. That bid was uh, rejected, uh, that was turned down by Orlando City. Uh, so So there is no doubt that Orlando City is in the best uh, position possible with a 20-year-old striker that is attracting interest uh, from the world's top clubs. So Kiso, what are your thoughts on that first news story and how much do you think it would take uh, for Orlando to sell most likely their most exciting prospect?
2: But when it comes to that fee, that fee, even though it says Orlando City, that's a a MLS decision. That's not a... uh Orlando City decision, in my, in my, in my, from my experience, um, just talking to people that have used to play in MLS, and when they get interest from European clubs, um, MLS will do everything, everything possible to keep that player in the league, especially if they're young and exciting and they're making a name for themselves. So I think it was, uh, I think that was more of an MLS decision that they're going to get a lot more money for him than just that 10 million. I think they'll get way more money, especially the money that they've invested so much in the league, that they're gonna wait until they get, you know, um, you know, 40s and 50, 40, 50 million. They're gonna wait for something like that. So I think that's interesting. I think it's awesome for him as a player, but I think that's definitely an MLS decision, not an Orlando City decision.
0: Yeah, and do you think they will receive that 40 to 50 million eventually or no?
2: I think eventually. I mean the fact that he's over in Barnsley right now and doing well, tearing it up. Um, he's getting interest from top, you know, English clubs. Um, it's just a matter of time until his, he continues that success and he continues that momentum in good form and then it starts to becoming, teams from france and italy and spain and germany mm-hmm. and then now we're talking you know big money we got galactico's money yeah. and anywhere that the mls can profit especially after going through a pandemic i'm sure they'll take prime advantage of it yeah. so i think it'll be interesting that they i think they're not going to for anything less than 20 25 million at least
0: uh so kiesel i'm not sure if you heard about this but uh your former teammate or he has played for the cosmos dean murphy I don't know if he was there when you were there, uh, but he is currently the the chief executive officer of Barnsley Football Club, uh, the same club that uh, Daryl Dyke plays for in the championship.
2: Yeah, Dane's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Dane was the he- head scout of the Cosmos when um, when I was there, and used to hop in the training. Um, actually, just his birthday. Yeah, there you go. But um, yeah, Dane's awesome. In um, the fact, there, and he's been top know, top positions, not just at Barnsley, but DC United, Real Salt Lake, as technical director, so he's doing the he's doing the right thing over there at Barnsley, for sure, especially having a player like that that's exciting, and I'm mm-hmm. sure they'll try to figure out a deal that they can do with Orlando City to keep him for a little bit longer term, can um, yeah. continue to grow in a, in a good environment, and gain, gain more interest.
0: So that doesn't shock you, right? That uh, yeah. former MLS, former NASL player indeed Dean Murphy, uh, working yeah, behind the scenes there?
2: No, definitely not. Dan's a good guy. He's a smart guy. He's a good businessman as well. So he he knows a player's worth more than anything.
0: And another former player, or a former teammate of yours in uh, Danny Satella, uh, he has officially committed uh, to Morris Elite Soccer Club of the USL League 2 uh, for the 2021 USL League 2 season. Uh, that is pending league and federation approval, of course. Uh, so what is your initial thoughts on that signing uh, for Morris Elite Soccer Club?
2: It's a great sign for them. you know, I'm sure Danny's somebody who's never takes the game for granted um obviously you know I know he had a couple of injuries early on in his career but uh, he's somebody that would never take the game for granted and any opportunity to play for him I know it was a good one I know he worked it out for it's gonna wear it in his favor and the best for his family as well so uh, I'm happy for him you know he's somebody who definitely looked up to when I was uh, with the Cosmos and how he uh how he uh, conducted himself on and off the field and just as a overall just a good person so um, I obviously, wish nothing. I wish I wish nothing but the best for Danny.
0: And uh, talking about USL League Two, right? Uh, I know we have spoken about this before. Uh, that is formerly the USL PDL. Uh, but at that time, when they were the PDL, of course, they had college players uh, that were not getting paid. But it seems like with this rebrand, right? It sort of feels like uh, the USL wants to sort of. Uh, dive into that professional uh, atmosphere, even with uh, USL League 2, right? Um, so, do you know if maybe some of those clubs can have professional players and, and pay those players? Or do you think uh, it's just college players, unpaid players?
2: That's a great question. You know, I really don't know. And even when I played in the US uh, in, in the PDO, or whatever form it was known as, um, all the players I knew were college players, so nobody really got paid. There were no players that were even older that were on the team that even could have potentially got paid. We were all in college. Uh, we were all trying to find a little summer job just to make a little extra, you know, spare money. Uh, but, I mean, if the rules allow it where, like, you know, if an older player can come in that's past college or, or, like, whatever the case is, I don't think it's a bad idea. But I think that league, same with the NPSL, is, a, is a more of a league where college players can go during the summer to get valuable game minutes gain some experience you know hopefully play against some good competition and grow as a player not that i don't think pay, players should get paid but then be going to the whole discussion of like you know the ncaa and all that fun stuff which is a topic for another day mm-hmm. but um you know i personally think that you know if there's an older if there's an older player and the club can financially sustain it then yeah why not if they can't, then obviously it just doesn't make sense for their business model and you know, maybe they'll help out with a summer job or some summer camps or something like that, but that's probably the best that they could do.
0: Yeah, yeah. And there's always loopholes in the system, right? So even if a league says, Hey, you can't pay your players, there's many ways for clubs to do that one. Um and the last topic on this week's episode. Uh, a first team podcast extra time is on the NWSL. This topic, I guess, is more, and it probably shouldn't be, but it's more of a topic behind the scenes of NWSL versus Major League Soccer. Reddit co-founder and Angel City FC lead investor, his name is Alex. Uh, he said that women's soccer is a better investment than Major League Soccer. The exact quote from Alex goes like this: He said, "The value of being associated." with these women, I think is a greater brand value than being associated with their male counterparts. And that's no disrespect to the MLS. He said, I think they're doing amazing work. And here is an audio clip of what Alex had to say on this topic. And this interview is courtesy of ESPN.
1: Um, And let's make the economic case why these women should absolutely be paid equal. I would argue actually even more. Again, we're going to make the economic case. The, the value of being associated with these women, I think, is a greater brand value than being associated with their male counterparts. And that's no disrespect to the MLS. I think they're doing amazing work, amazing work. But I just think the, the amount that the women are undervalued is, is preposterous. And I think when you really dig into the fact that, that why... The community of people around women's football, and the intention—and I do mean community with a capital C—right, that mm-hmm. there is a real community and fan base around that. The intention behind that support, and the frankly the leverage that it has, is 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 just more valuable um, than than so many
0: others so Kiso what are your thoughts on that one I don't think we should have the debate of which is better to invest in right women's soccer or men's soccer there are both uh sleeping giants especially in U.S. soccer uh but what are your thoughts on what Alex had to say there
2: I, I think for me you know the, the NWSL is gaining a lot more traction over the last couple of years mm-hmm. when it's come to success um and competitiveness just because you have some of the top players in the world coming to play in the U.S., right? And the league is growing. There are more teams coming. It's just like how MLS was in its infancy, right? You know, your teams are starting to pop up here and there. You know, you're getting more of a fan base. You're getting more popularity. Um, and that's – it's all this stuff that's going to take time. But I'm super excited for the fact that um, the NWSL is growing the way that it is. It's getting TV deals. It's getting more pub- – publicity into the national news and sports center and things like that but i think you look at it from a, a world stage i mean you know the u.s women's national team is probably you know arguably the best women's national team on the face of the planet um those players deserve to play in a league that, that's competitive and you look at other top leagues across the world um, or top countries across the world those players are looking for games as well. So I think it's only going to get better, and the competition is going to get better. And here in the States, there's such a huge population of uh, female players that are consistently playing week in and week out at youth level and college level, and there's always should be something to look up to. So I want to get to that stage. I want to get to that next level. So I think it's super important that um, it continues to grow, and I think it's going to grow even more traction as the as the years go on. So I'm super excited about it.
0: lastly, keep it locked at firstteampod.com. That is firstteampod.com. That is the one-stop shop for everything on lower division soccer.